In Jesus' name, amen. I want to start by apologizing, first of all, uh, which is an odd way, I I suppose, to start a sermon, Uh, but that's because of the question that I'm going to ask next, which will also be a a strange way to begin our time together. Uh, You see, I I have a a somewhat morbid question to ask you, which I know is not why you come to church. You come here to be filled with hope and peace and joy, Um, but it's an important question, and I I think one that many of us have pondered, if, if only for a minute or two at most. The question is this, what do you want on your gravestone? Have you thought about that before? Maybe you've avoided thinking of it. Maybe, maybe you've given it some, some thought. Uh, what I mean when I, when I ask it more than anything else, I suppose, is, is what do you want to be remembered for? Uh, that is, what do you want your legacy to be that you will leave behind? I, I would guess that most of us would like to leave behind a legacy of some importance, wouldn't we? Uh, something of more value than, than just to be remembered for the amazing lasagna recipe we had or that we loved a scrapbook or that we really loved the Chicago Bears, right? Most of us would like to, to leave behind a, a legacy of, of value and importance. We would like to be remembered for, for something that we've accomplished, something big. I think we can definitely say for all of us that we, we definitely do not want to be forgotten, at least not quickly. We, we know that within a generation or two that, that no one will likely remember our name or recognize our face, but we would like to think that after we're gone, someone, if, if only for a while, would remember us, that we wouldn't be forgotten. Uh, as I was going through our reading for today, for, uh, this, this week, I should say, from Exodus chapter 3, it, it occurred to me that I, I think everything that is true for us in that regard could also be said of God, that, that God wants to, to leave behind a living legacy. He, he wants to be remembered in a very particular way. When, when we think of God, he wants certain things, attributes, characteristic, actions to come behind. God certainly doesn't want to be forgotten. Uh, and, and yet in our reading for today, it, it seems like that's what's happening, uh, that God is, is becoming more of a, a distant memory than, than anything else. See, in our reading for today, God's people, the chosen people, his special family, the Israelites, they're, they're living in slavery in a land called Egypt. Uh, they, they are building palaces for this evil, maniacal, crazy king named Pharaoh, doing backbreaking work, building him a home that they will likely never step foot into and, and certainly never live in themselves. Life is hard for the people of Israel in Exodus chapter 3, and it seems like, it feels like it's only getting harder. It's going from bad to worse. And, and this is quite the change that has happened to the Israelites because they came to Egypt under one of their forefathers, a man named Joseph, you know, the one with the technicolor dream coat. And they came to Egypt to avoid a famine and it was in Egypt, at least in the early days, that they found plenty, that they were blessed, that, that God was certainly on their side. They, they could look at their lives and look at their God and, and they would see that he was faithful, that what he had promised to Abraham was, was coming to fruition. This family was growing. But now, in Exodus chapter 3, some 400 years later, life is different. They were slaves now. And that memory of God's goodness and his faithfulness and of all those promises that he had laid out before them, that was slowly being forgotten. And, and for those who did remember God in that land of Egypt as slaves, well, it probably felt to them like God had forgotten who they were. 
And that's why God shows up in the way that he does in our reading for today in Exodus chapter 3. God makes this grand, dramatic entrance, doesn't he? He shows up in a burning bush. There's this man named Moses doing his, his own thing, minding his own business, tending to his flock of sheep. He's a shepherd. When he, when he looks out and he sees a bush that is on fire, and yet it's strange because the leaves are still green and, and the branches are still tender. It's on fire, but it's not burning. Here's God getting Moses' attention because he wants to remind Moses and then eventually the Israelite people of who he is and what he's come to do. That's why after a very brief introduction, this is what God says. This is the reminder God gives to Moses and to the Israelites. This is what he says in verse 7 of our reading. He says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I am concerned about their suffering." And so I have come down to rescue them. See, that's what the people of Israel have slowly been forgetting. That's what's been slipping from their memories. And and that's what God wants to remind them of today. That's what he wants his living legacy to be. It's not that God's going anywhere, but but he wants his people to remember and to never forget that he he sees them and he hears them and, and he knows them. He's concerned about their suffering and that he's come to finally doing to do something about it. The burning bush is their wake-up call, his grand, holy, divine reminder of who he is and what he's like. I kind of wish some days that I had a burning bush. (laughs) Do you ever wish you had a burning bush time like Moses? I mean, to stand there in this miraculous happening and and to be in the presence of God in a place so holy that, that Moses is told to take off his shoes because this is set apart, special, holy ground. Do you ever wish you had a burning bush incident? I, I think, personally, I, I think I need one some days. I, I think it's so easy for me, for all of us, to become a little forgetful about who God is and what he's like, isn't it? I mean, I'm a pastor and I'm speaking to a bunch of Christians who have carved out time in in their precious weekend to come to church. So I I don't think that any of us ever forget God, like literally forget that he's there, but we do become forgetful about him, don't we? Sometimes it's just going about the busyness of our lives and and trying to keep up with everything that there is to do, whether it's kids or job or or bills or or just trying to keep up on, on the chores, right? It's easy to become forgetful about God, to forget that he's there and that he hears and he knows and he sees and that we can talk to him and, and that he wants us to learn about him. It's easy to become forgetful about God. It, it happens like for the Israelites when times are really hard, when someone we love dies or when we get a diagnosis or when we lose the job or when we're just scared about the future. It's easy to be forgetful about God. It's easy to forget his love. It's easy to forget his promises and how faithful he's been. And, and so I think that all of us, it, it feels to me anyway, like, like we need a burning bush. We, we need this, this holy divine <laughs> reminder of who God is, we, we need to be reminded of the legacy that, that he would have us remember. I kind of want what Moses had. <laughs> but most of us don't get it. But we have been given something far greater. We don't have a burning bush, but we do, what we do have is a cross. <laughs> See, that is God's holy, divine, eternal reminder of who he is. That is God's way of getting our attention and saying, see, I, I, I have heard your cries. I, I have seen your misery. I, I am, in fact, concerned about your suffering, and so I have come down to rescue you. 
He doesn't give us a burning bush. In fact, he gives us something far greater. He stretches out his arms and he says, this is how you are to remember me. If you think of one thing when I come to mind, it's, it's that, it's my cross. That is to be his lasting, eternal legacy of love. Proof <laughs> and a reminder that God sees and hears and knows our suffering and has done something to deliver us up out of it. The cross is God's legacy, but but I want to go back to a second to yours. What, what would your legacy be? If, if we were all to have a homework assignment and we were to write down all of the things that we think people might remember us for when we're gone from this world, what would be on that list for you? Have you ever thought about it? What, what do you want to be on that list of, of people remembering you as? Is it just your job title or how much money you made or, or didn't make or how many friends you, you had on Facebook or something like that? Or, or is there a greater calling for us? Because I think there is. I think it's our calling to be remembered, not for how much money we made or, or the titles we had or how many friends on Facebook we had or our or, or amazing lasagna or apple pie recipe that we made or, or that we like scrapping or that we really love the Chicago Bears. But, but God gives us a greater calling. We are to be remembered like he is for the cross. We are to be cross-shaped people. When, when people think of us, they are to, to, to forget us in a sense and instead think of Jesus. That's the legacy of, of love that we are to leave behind. That's, that's how it was for Moses. I, I don't know, if, if I were Moses standing there at that burning bush, I, I think that's one of those moments that you kind of want to hold on to, isn't it? There you are in the presence of God. And, and Moses, at this point in his life, we can't go through the whole story of where he's been at, but, but to summarize it, Moses has been rejected from the family and the household he grew up in, and he's also been turned away by the family that carries his blood. He, he's a man, in a sense, without a home. Life is not good for him. And, and so here's one day, uh, God showing up in a burning bush, this miraculous way, telling him, Moses, I see you and I hear you and I'm concerned about you and I've come to rescue you, right? If I were Moses, I would want to capture and bottle that moment, soak it in as long as I could. Just stay there at that bush and never leave. Like I would have pretty quickly forgotten about all those sheep I was supposed to be taking care of and I would have been focused in on that moment. And, and maybe you've had a similar experience. Have you ever had like one of those spiritual moments that you just want to capture and bottle and never let go of? Maybe, maybe it's a moment at a, at a Bible study or a small group and you've been going for a while and these people that once were strangers, now you call them friends and, and maybe it's a time when you opened up and you shared something that you were holding on to and you brought it before the group and, and then you were there as they prayed for you or, and then as they opened up the scriptures to see what God would have to say to you in that moment and at the end of the night, you're just hoping and praying that the host of the small group will come around with another cup of coffee or another plate of cookies, right? Because you don't want to leave, <laughs> Like Moses, you want to stay there. Or, or maybe it's been in worship and, and the music is heavenly or the message connected with you or you're watching your, your kids get baptized or your grandkids get First Communion and, and you just sit there in the pew and everyone else has processed out and the music has stopped and, and you're just basking in the glow of God's light. Have you ever had a moment like that? I, I wonder if that's how Moses felt, but the truth is that Moses had to leave the bush. <laughs> God kicked him out, sent him on his way, said, get going, get out of here now because I want to use you. I, I want to use you to remind the people that they are seen and heard and known and rescued. I want you to share my legacy of, of love and compassion and mercy. You see, that's our calling too. 
It's our calling to go out into the world like Moses and to remind the world that they are seen and heard that there is a God who is concerned about their suffering and a God who has done something about it. There's no greater calling. Now, this is a humbling calling that we are called to, right? It is humbling to be forgotten so that someone else would be lifted up, and and that's what we're called to, a, a life where we are nothing so that Jesus might become everything. It is humbling, but it is also beautiful and amazing that we don't need to to fight and scratch and claw to make a name for ourselves or or to create a, a lasting legacy of who we are, but instead God gives it to us. He says, here's my cross. Know that you are loved. Know that I have come for you. Now share that love with the world. I don't know what you want to be remembered for. I don't know what legacy you want to leave behind, but But brothers and sisters, I think that the cross is enough. I mean, wouldn't it be enough for for people to look at our picture 100 years from now or to walk by our gravestone and and to see that cross on there, which so many graves have, and to think to themselves, wow, that, that must be someone that trusted and believed that there was a God who heard them and saw them and knew them and had delivered them. Wouldn't that be enough for someone to look at our picture or walk by our gravestone and think to themselves, yeah, that's someone who, who wasn't turning a blind eye to the pain of the world, but who saw it deeply. That's someone who sat and listened to the hurts of their neighbors and their friends and, and their kids and, and their community. That's someone who came to share and remind the world about the rescue of Jesus. That is to be our legacy, our lasting reminder to the world. And if it was good enough for God, then it's good enough for us too. Praise be to God that he has left behind a legacy for us that he sees us and hears us and knows us and has come down to rescue us. In Jesus' name, amen.